0: Oh, left fielders.
1: This is the Infielder Spotlight podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go!
2: Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders shared their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Randy Smith. Randy, welcome to the program. Chad, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Great. And I won't ask you or mention the number, but happy birthday to you today as well.
2: Thank you. Yes, it's a big one. It's a change of decades for me. So we'll just leave it there.
1: There you go. We'll leave it at that. You're carrying the flag. Good job. Keep it up. (laughs) So appreciate you jumping on. You've heard a couple of these, hopefully, and get the idea. But we think that understanding people's journey through this, no matter where they are in their journey, has value to others that are listening just to help give them confidence, understand there's people that are walking in their same shoes as well. I like to start out with just the basics. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what do you do for a living, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. So yeah, my journey I think is probably fairly similar to a lot of folks that are in this space. I was in sales and sales leadership in corporate America for about 25 years, got the itch to start active investing and ended up jumping into some single family rentals Oh, i think probably almost five years or so ago and i'm actually based here in phoenix so the finances didn't make a lot of sense to do it in phoenix so i started looking out of state and i ended up buying a couple of turnkey properties in kansas city we could probably talk for hours about some of the funny stories around those because ultimately i did not do the due diligence that i should have on that operator And I ended up getting a couple of dogs that just bled me of money for the full two and a half years or so that I owned those. But due to some of the challenges we had with the quality of the rehab on those units, my wife and I decided we wanted to be a little more control. So we shifted markets over to Atlanta and we bought a handful of single families in the Atlanta market, leveraging the Burr strategy. And we had quite a bit of success with those. We made some good returns we made quite a bit of capital on those but then the market just got so hot that we couldn't find any more deals and that's when we shifted over to passive investing in real estate when was that what year about so i've been passively investing for call it two and a half years a lot of research and then like actually investing for about two years in the passive space you started probably passive investing and then the world shut down. We can blame you for COVID. Is that what you're saying now <laughs> I'll take ownership for it. That's a good point too. Cause a lot of the challenges that I was running in from an active standpoint had to do with COVID because municipalities were shut down. We couldn't get permitting. We were having challenges with getting staff for doing the rehabs. We were even having property management issues. Like all the things that everybody had during COVID happened right as we were starting our burr process.
1: Wasn't enough to shake you that this was the wrong industry to be in, but it caused you to pivot and take a look at the passive side as opposed to the active side. Then is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, and you know it's interesting though. I like in theory. I love the Burr strategy, and actually in in practice, we did extremely well with our Burr properties that we did out there. We created. A bunch of equity in a fairly short amount of time we rode rode that up as the market was exploding and we ended up selling all of our single families earlier this year just before the start the market started to slow down so our timing was impeccable and had i been able to keep finding properties that the numbers worked in the birth strategy i probably would have never come over into the passive side because it was working really well yeah Interesting.
1: It's fair point of one of the perks of the pandemic is it gave you an opportunity to find something else, but who knows? That's interesting. So you started to spin, what did your first deal look like on the passive side of things then when you moved over to that side?
2: Yeah, good question. And this is something that I talk about a lot because I'm now a little more active in the passive space, if that is such a thing, right? But yeah, that first deal that I invested in I didn't have the due diligence experience that i have today i did not have the education obviously that i had today so what i did is i actually zeroed in on a couple of very large organizations that had big brands that were known very well in the marketplace or in this industry and i also At the time, I didn't even realize that this would be the benefit, but the ones that I invested with first were actually funds as well. So with a couple of buckets, I invested in two deals pretty quickly within a couple of months. They were both funds. One was in mobile home, one was in multifamily, and I was able to get some really nice diversification across, I think, probably 20 different assets with two small investments for those first ones. And I went with those large brands because for one, I like the large brands. I worked for large brands during my corporate America years. Trusted brands, I think, have a harder time failing. And I think it's also, you might not get like home runs on those investments if you go with the really big players, but I feel like they're a lot more conservative and a lot safer than maybe some, a couple of guys that you met up at a meetup that happened to be throwing together their first syndication.
1: Like the A number one most important thing that we preach is the know and trust who you're spending money with. The larger brands have a lot more track record, have a lot more safety net around them, it seems. So, yeah, you may trade in some return value, but your security value is going to go through the roof with a lot of those. So it's understandable. That's good. Interesting. So not only did you go on the active side with the investing out of state, which is difficult to do to start out with. You jumped into funds right out of the gate on the passive side, too. So your risk tolerance seems to be, I don't know, high, low. I'm not sure where you place, but it it seems like you're definitely hitting some big hits right out of the gate as opposed to dipping your toe in the water.
2: Yeah, I I will just say that, yes, I have a tendency to jump all in when I go. And as we get into the story, you'll hear that I did jump in very heavily in the passive space as well over the last couple of years. But again, I don't think it's any more risky putting our dollars with a well-known syndicator that a long-standing track record of success. I don't think it's any more risky than putting our dollars in the stock market. As we all know, I've saw 20 to 30% of my stock portfolio just disappear this year. And I don't think we have those same risks in the syndication space.
1: I agree with it. I've said it before in the podcast, I'm a wholehearted believer in that because I was a 401k liquidator and moved it all into the side of things. So I cashed out and took it and put it into this space so that I wouldn't have to watch those drops anymore like I did. And I've been happy with that decision so far. Not good. I say, ask me in five years if I'm still happy with it or not.
2: <laughs> and I know, like, I'm not interviewing you, you're interviewing me, but I'm curious, I've been thinking about that as well as I think at some point, it makes sense to exit the 401k space or even the IRA space, pay the penalty, and then put the dollars into syndications because the the negatives and the drawbacks and the some of the challenges you have with K's or, or tax protected accounts, I think you can far exceed the benefits by moving those dollars in and taking advantage of all the benefits of syndication. So I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet though, but I am looking at that myself too
1: i tell people all the time i think it's a very individual and specific to you decision by all means it's what are your goals what are you trying to get to what are you trying to accomplish with all this space and then timing well and the planets came into alignment for me that i felt comfortable pulling the trigger on it and i don't regret it to this point again we'll let it run out it was a couple of years ago now that i started that we'll let it run out but so far so good i've been very happy with it, especially when i saw the stock market drop so much this past year I didn't have any money out there in it so i was i felt good about it at that time but a couple
2: funds to start
1: with what happens from that point on in your journey then into the passive side
2: yeah so i had i started getting distributions i started seeing communication from these operators so my comfort level really started to increase with the syndication model itself that first wire everybody does i think is just i had all of my own fears that i had to overcome and then i got down to the bank And the lady behind the counter at the bank, she filled me up with all kinds of other fears as well. Oh, my gosh, we need to call. We need to do this. I just I had twenty five thousand that an old lady wired and it went to the wrong place. So you've got all of those fears going on. So after I overcame all of that and I started seeing dollars coming in and started to see the power of it, I started networking in my local community here in Phoenix and very quickly found that there's a handful of seasoned operators in my market that have really big resumes and portfolios and have been doing this for years. So I made that first investment with the local player really to test the waters. And once I started seeing returns and seeing the monthly communications, then I started investing pretty heavily in a couple of operators here in Phoenix as well. So pretty short amount of time. I went from zero passive investments to 10 passive investments across four or five different operators in that first year.
1: Hey left fielders, this is Julian McClurkin from TribeVest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications, to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy. Until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up Tribe Vest on YouTube. I'll see you there.
0: Do you love coffee? Have you ever wanted to invest directly in the coffee industry? You can invest now in the number one largest coffee producer in the country of Colombia, the Green Coffee Company. Headquartered in the US, they are now Colombia's largest coffee producer and have opened their $100 million Series C funding round to accredited investors. The Green Coffee Company has over 7 million coffee trees and is on track for a 2026 sale or IPO projecting an 11X ROI for investors. Discounts are available for early funding, but there's limited capacity available. To invest, visit legacy-group.co and click the Current Offerings tab. That's the Current Offerings tab at legacy-group.co. I was going to ask if you had done... The
1: passive investing in Phoenix, just knowing how hot of a market that's been for multifamily for so long now, whereas you couldn't find the numbers really in the active side here in your own backyard seems to be one of the best places to do the passive side. So how different that feel is from what you were doing in the active world before too, but interesting.
2: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I had my first syndication deal locally go full cycle earlier this summer after just 14 months so definitely not the norm and not the expectation or nobody would ever project that we would see those continue but at the same time i was looking at my stock holdings that had dropped by almost 30 percent. i had almost doubled my money in 14 months with that first syndication so at that point i'm just like oh my gosh i'm putting everything i can in this space i invested pretty heavily then yeah We'll hold a whole
1: nother podcast talking about liquidating four hundred one ks another time. Then. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, soon to come. That's
1: yeah, good. that's good. Along the way, what are some of the resources that you've utilized that have helped you get comfortable, make these decisions, stay in it when things maybe were when the bank kind of scared you to death as well and everything else? What resources have you leaned on along your way that others might be able to utilize as well?
2: Yeah, so I think the first one that always comes to mind is just podcast. I mentioned I was in sales leadership for a lot of years. And with that, I had a ton of windshield time, we would call it. And for probably five years before I ever started investing in real estate, I was doing podcast university with Bigger Pockets and the real estate radio guys. Of course, I love left field investors. And literally, I've got probably 10 hours a day of podcast I could listen to that are just really excellent content on any topic you can ever possibly imagine. Podcasts were one, I read a ton of books, I started attending meetups, I did join the infield as well. I'm on that for not only the community, but the great access to the deals that you get in there as well. And yeah, I just, I jumped all in and I don't think there's a question I've run into that I couldn't turn and ask probably 10 people their advice on it, which just breeds comfort and confidence.
1: Yeah. That's huge. It's, we say it often that more than likely you can't go to a neighbor or a relative to talk about this. So the fact you found a community, ours or any others, I think is so valuable just to be able to pressure test. And even though you may all fail together, but at least there's some comfort in knowing that you, the only one that's looking at that deal and thinks it looks good right now anyway. So there's some comfort in all that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So what's next in the journey? We're, Are you, where have you been the past few months? Where are you headed with the the future here as well?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. I had, I mentioned this earlier and I've shared this on other podcasts, but in late May of this year, I actually ended up getting laid off from that corporate America job after being there for 10 years and got a great severance package. I had been, playing on the sidelines thinking initially my first passive investment I did because I wanted to peek behind the curtains and see what this whole syndication thing was and see if it was something that I wanted to do myself. And what I found out pretty quickly was that these folks that are syndicating that are successful syndicators are working a ton of hours to get these business going. It is not like you're working two or three hours a week. it's people are working like one of the partners I work with, I will get emails from him at six in the morning and two o'clock in the morning. Like the guy is a machine. So initially I thought I don't have any desire to jump into that space at all. I was trying to move away from working crazy hours like that. But after getting laid off, I looked at my superpowers and what I had been doing. And essentially I'm a networker and I'm a sales guy. And I'm one of those guys that kind of shouts it from the mountaintop when I am excited about something that I'm doing. So because of that, I had a lot of friends and family that I had referred to other operators just because I was super excited about it. So when I ended up having to take a look and see, do I go back and get another W-2 or do I try to get active in the space? I made the decision to get active in the space and not as a full-time syndicator, but more just helping investors find good deals. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm working with a couple of great operators and I help source and do diligence on deals and we just connect investors with great deals. And I also launched a podcast. So now I'm trying to educate and really kind of mirror what you guys are doing. I think what you guys do is such an amazing service because it's not super easy to find this stuff at first. So the more we can do to educate, I think really helps. The broader population because I feel like I was sold something that wasn't true with the 401k and with investing in the stock market that I wish I would have found 20 years earlier, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's great. I think you're spot on that the information gap is huge in this space. And I'm trying to teach it to my kids now that are teenagers to make a lot better choices down the road as they develop their own wealth and so forth. At least they'll hopefully be a little more eyes wide open towards all their options as opposed to it seems like we're all steered in one direction based on what we were told growing up. And it's just not a lot of people that have this information to share it anyway. But so I think that's great. So you've been heavy into this now for a little bit and so forth. What are some maybe lessons learned or advice that you could give to those that are listening that maybe are a couple steps behind you and so forth that you've picked up along your way?
2: Yeah. So I think the first one, like the very first investment that I made, as I mentioned, I was just betting on the brand. I didn't really know the details. I didn't know if I was a cash flow or a growth investor, if I was looking for, I just knew that I wanted to invest in something else and I wanted it to be in real estate. So I think the first and most important thing is for people to understand if they are a growth investor or a cash flow investor. And as a high W-2 income earner, most folks should probably be focused on growth because they don't need the monthly cash flow. But as you start to shift or want to shift away from your W-2 or decrease your dependence on your W-2, you need to shift over to more cash flow focused investments, which I didn't know any of that when I first started. So, If you do, then you can really structure your portfolio in a much more beneficial way to match your ultimate needs, right? So I think that's probably first and foremost. Secondly, I would say diversification is important. The biggest operators out there have home runs that just blow it out of the water and they're unbelievable returns that you would never expect to get again. But they also have some dogs as well that might not perform as well. So if you've got a 100 grand in cash or sitting in a self-directed account, I would suggest putting that across four different deals versus one big deal, because you're diversifying across operators, asset classes, and geographies are and essentially deals as well. So not even just put a hundred grand with one operator, put a hundred grand across four deals with one operator at a minimum. So those are my two two big go-tos.
1: Yep, I think along those lines. That's why I love like the tribe vest, the tribe investing model because you can spread your risk even further by taking that hundred grand. I don't know if i put hundred, but taking some money, put it in a tribe. I put 30 into a deal I got into a tribe. I got five deals out of that. I couldn't get five deals out of 30 grand on my own. So I think that's great advice. Good way to step in and get started in this space because I do think we get excited about it all. It's the shiny object syndrome. And I did the same thing that a lot of people do. The first place I bought into the first syndication, had nothing to do with my goals that I was really trying to align to. It was a fun project, I'm still excited about it, but it just, it's doing nothing to get me where I wanted to get to right now. It will eventually, but not today. But same thing, I just was not, I was excited to be in the space, wasn't really sure what my goals were. And so I just started investing money. Then I paused, took a breath, started really mapping out what I thought I wanted to do and realign what I was investing in at that point too. And it's changed again. As my life has changed, as things have happened, it needs to be fluid to some degree, but I'm planning in kind of five-year tranches now, even though some will be done in 14 months, I want to think in five-year tranches to at least set up, okay, I've got equities built for the next couple of years. That's great. Let me start doing some cash flows to even that out a little bit too. I don't know. It's everybody's got their own strategies they need to focus on, but the more you understand what your strategy is the better decisions you'll make about what deals to get into it you won't you won't go chase that shiny object or like oh wait car washes i've never done car wash, go do a car wash. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no doubt that's great randy this has been great i think hit on everything and some great tidbits in here i really appreciate you coming on any last things you want to throw out there before we sign off
2: no i've been in the space just for a handful of years but i am gaining a pretty big network and i'm trying to educate a ton as well. I want to put as much of this information in the traditional investor's hands. So if anybody wants to connect, I'm easily found on LinkedIn. You can visit me on my website at impactequity.net. I've got a great freebie on there, top 10 questions to ask syndicators in the lower left-hand corner. So feel free to sign up for that or just reach out. I love talking about this stuff and if I can help in any way, I want to help you guys and help the the infield and anybody that wants to talk about this stuff, I'd love to. No, we really appreciate
1: it. And again, appreciate you coming on. We'll send you off to go enjoy the rest of your birthday now so you can have a good evening with that. All right. Thanks so much, Jen. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners that have tuned in today. We'll see you next time in the spotlight.
2: Hi, this is Zach Haptonstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise48 Equity. At Rise48, we partner with investors like you to purchase large apartment buildings that we renovate to increase the value and create a profit margin for our investors through monthly passive cash flow distributions and profits on sale. We're a vertically integrated company specializing in the Phoenix, Arizona and Dallas, Texas markets with over 200-plus full-time W-2 employees who are focused on making sure your investment is taken care of. To learn more about Rise48 Equities Multifamily Investments, Schedule a call with me at rise48equity.com
0: backslash invest. Hello, left fielders. This is Jim Pfeiffer, one of the founders of Left Field Investors. Honestly, I can't believe how far we've come from our initial start with 12 members. We've grown and learned a lot. None of this would be possible without our amazing community members and partners. I want to personally thank you for being part of the Left Field community. I'm constantly amazed by the quality of people that join our group and their willingness to give back to the community and share their knowledge. From the most experienced investor to those who are brand new, we all learn from each other. That is the power of community. Thank you for supporting Left Field Investors.
1: Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com.
2: Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show.